Welcome. It's great to see you guys today. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being a part of our services. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars. Guys, we love you guys. Grateful for you. I want to stop real quick in this first service. Our students just went off to camp this morning, and so let's take a moment to pray for them that they have an amazing week. Thank you for your support. For so many of you guys, guys gave scholarships, and many of you are praying for them, and many of you have students that are actually at camp, and so let's pray for them right now. God, thank you for the privilege we have, Lord, to send our kids off to camp. God, I pray that you'd move in a powerful way. Lord, I pray that you would just show up in such a special way, Lord, that God, that wouldn't wait till the last night, but your spirit would start to move tonight. God, that you would just pour down upon them in such a powerful way that they would experience Jesus like never before. God, I pray for each student there. I pray for each counselor, each, each staffer, Lord. I pray for protection, for safety. I pray for good decisions, and I pray, God, that they would fall in love with you. Thank you, Lord, that we get to send kids to camp, and I thank you, God, for what you're gonna do in their lives. I pray for safe travels there and back. Thank you, Lord, for a church that believes in the next generation. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, that's exciting. They're gonna have a blast. I'm jealous. So happy for them. They're going to have a great time. Can't wait. My, my boys are off at camp now, and so they're super fired up, and they were up like half the night packing and stuff, you know, because that's what boys do, you know. They start packing like, what, 12 hours in advance? That's when they start, you know. So it's all good. So we're super happy and excited for them as well. Today, I'm starting a brand new series called Persevere, because I believe that maybe God brought you here today because you needed to know not to quit. You need to know that God's not quitting on you, so you shouldn't quit on him. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, so whatever you're going through right now, God brought you here so I can tell you, you need to persevere. That's why you're here today. God has a plan for you, and it's a big plan. He wants to bless your life, but I gotta warn you on something, that sometimes life doesn't go your way. Sometimes things don't, don't turn out like you want. You don't always have plan A working out. So when it happens, you gotta know that you gotta persevere through plan B, or C, or D, or E, or F, or G, right? How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? You gotta learn to be faithful when it's tough. And that happens to all of us. The Bible says to run the race with endurance, which means that this is not a short sprint. It's, it's a life, and a life race means you gotta just keep going even when you wanna quit, even when you're tired, even when you're exhausted. It's what you do after you're tired that makes a difference. And that's what I wanna talk about today. So if you something to write with, I wanna give you some notes to take. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's coming after you. Just let him know, warn him right now. It's true. I believe God has a word for you today. You know the Olympics, I love the Olympics. There's so many great stories out of the Olympics, but if you go all the way back to the Greco-Roman Olympics, basically they, I don't know if you knew this, but you know the Bible actually talks about how when you need to run the race with endurance, it says to throw off, cast off everything when you run. You know that the reason it says it's because in the original Olympics, like as in the Greek Olympics, they ran naked. Did you know that? They literally ran totally naked so that nothing, they had no encumbrance holding them back. I don't know about you, but that would motivate me to be in the front, you know what I'm saying? Like. I would be very much, no, you're not passing me. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. So it's interesting. They had another race. So many comments come to my mind. I got to stop. So they had another race, which I think is really cool. And I wish they still had this race. They had an original race in the Greco-Roman Olympics, which was a race that was not for who won. It, was, it wasn't who came in first, but it was for whoever could keep their torch lit the whole time. See, that's what this whole series is about, is to keep your torch lit is to keep the fire going, even when you're tired, even when you're worn down, even when you're exhausted. You gotta learn to persevere. You gotta learn to hang in there and keep your faith alive even when everything else is telling you to quit. That's what this is all about. Pull out your notes, I wanna give you some things to write down. Let's say our mission statement together. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here at church. 
unlimited. God hasn't quit on you, don't quit on him. It says in scripture in James 1 verse 2, it says something very interesting. It says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Oh, ouch. We want to do that, don't we? Oh, uh, this is too hard. I'm going to drop this class. Oh, this is too difficult. I'm getting out of this marriage. Oh, this is too painful. I'm going to quit this job. Oh, man, this is wearing me out. The preacher's all over me. I'm going to another church. Oh, I don't like this difficulty in this relationship. I'm going to, we want to quit. We want to get out. He says, don't quit prematurely. He says, let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. See, if you keep quitting on, if you keep quitting on marriages, quitting on jobs, quitting on churches, quitting on your community, quitting on your family, if you keep doing that, what happens is it's not, not only do you have a very undeveloped career, an undeveloped family, an undeveloped relationship, we end up with an undeveloped you because it's the difficulties that develop us. It's the painful things we go through that mature us. Would you write this down, please? Number one, how do you persevere? God allows difficulties to enter your life to mature you. Let it change you. I, I've had people criticizing before as a pastor uh, come to me and they say, you know what, you're not the same, you've changed. And I always tell them, of course I have, because I'm growing, I better be changing. When someone complains that you've changed, you need to know this, that means they're not changing and they need to be changing. We're all changing. When you go through hell, you change. When you go through difficulties, you change. When you go through divorce, it changes you. When you go through painful experiences, it changes you. You don't think that changes you? But you gotta work with the change, not against it. It's gonna happen. You're gonna have some changes. It's okay. That's called growth. You're supposed to be growing. But let me just remind you something. God doesn't cause evil to happen in your life. God is not a God of evil. He doesn't cause that. But he does allow it. You say, why would God allow some evil to happen? Why would he allow that? Because when God gave the free gift, when he, gave, when he gave the gift of free choice, when he gave the gift of free will, that was the scariest gift he ever gave. It's like when I dropped those keys in my daughter's hands this last month for the first time, she could drive off on her own. She could do good or bad with that. It was her choice, right? And so when you give someone freedom, they had the freedom to make good choices or bad choices. Adam and Eve were given freedom. They made the wrong choice. God showed up to said, Adam, where are you? And he's been saying that to us ever since. Where are you? What choice did you make, right? And so the reality is, is that that's a scary gift you gave. And so when that happened, when Adam sinned, when, or one of us would have pulled it off too, I'm sure, sin entered the world. It didn't just enter the world of people. It entered the atmosphere. So we have natural disasters. We have cancer. We have all kinds of things that sin entered the world as well. Did you realize that? So accidents will happen. Things will happen. Evil will happen. And so because of that, God has instead chosen to, instead of taking all the evil from us, therefore he had to take away free choice from us, he'd have to turn us into robots. He instead says, I'm not gonna take the evil away from the world, I'm gonna, I'm gonna strengthen you to go through it. And so rather than praying away the problem you're dealing with, pray God, make me stronger to face this. Give me perseverance. God wants to strengthen us. Someone needs to get excited today because God's speaking to somebody today. This one's for you. Let me show you another scripture. John, 2 Timothy 2 says this. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. Anybody in college right now? Finish the course, right? I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Did you know you're gonna get awarded in heaven for what you're going through now? Isn't that good news to hear that? You're like, oh, someone's, someone's keeping calculation up there. Thank you, Lord. Like, I'm gonna get paid for this, right? 
I'm going to get rewarded for this. I'm going to get blessed for this. Isn't it good to know that? In fact, the Bible, if you say, he'll give you double for your trouble. Did you know that? So he's going to bless you for what you're going through right now. Some of you turn, turn to your teenager right now, so I'm going to get blessed because of you. I just want you to know right now. God wants to bless you. He says this. He says, not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. He says, anyone who loves Christ, anyone who is devoted to him, they're going to be blessed for that. Did you know that? Your faithfulness to God matters. What does this mean for this for us? It says, it says, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. What does that mean for you and me? Number two, don't run from your fight. Finish what you started. Finish what you started. Didn't Pastor John Chastain do a great job last week, by the way? Wasn't it great to have him in the house? He, he did a great job. I love this message. John is a pastor of a great church. He also uh, is the president of a university. When he was uh, working at a, at a university, he was going to a particular church, and that, that pastor tapped him on the shoulder one day and said, well, I think God is leading you to be one of our pastors. And so he came on staff. He was happy being a seminary, prof- uh, sorry, a, a college professor. And uh, while he was doing that, he was working on his PhD. Uh, and his PhD was in college administration. And so once he became a pastor, he's like, I fell in love with that. I don't want to do college work anymore. And so, so he said, I don't need to go finish my PhD. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm halfway through, but why finish it? I don't need it now. I'm going to go be a pastor. He was eventually called to be the senior pastor of that church. And his wife came to him and said, honey, I'm just bothered by the fact you didn't finish that. And he said, well, I mean, I don't need it now. And she said, but you're a finisher. He said, but, but honey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm, I'm not going into college administration. She said, I know. It's not about that now. We're finishers. And so she put it on pretty hard. He's like, wow. He's like, well, I guess it makes sense. I, I need to just finish this. So I guess if you feel led and our family are finishers, I'll finish my PhD. So he did. He pushed through while he was being a senior pastor and finished his PhD. A year after that, he was offered the college presidency of the King's University. He's now a pastor and a, a, a university president. You see, you don't know what's on the other side of your needing to finish. God has a plan for you. So just finish what he told you to start. Let's become finishers. God has a plan. In the 15th century, there was an artist and sculptor named Michelangelo, a very famous guy, not to be confused with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Michelangelo, <laughs> also using his name, by the way. But Michelangelo was a great sculptor and an artist. Of course, he, he painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. I don't know if you know that or not. By the way, you know how he got that gig? His competitor, by the way, did not want him competing in the realm of sculpting. He, he was getting all the contracts uh, from Rome. And so he talked the Pope into, and the Pope kept bothering this guy saying, please come paint the, the, the ceiling of this new chapel I built. He said, now get, get Michelangelo to do that. So when he tried to get rid of Michelangelo, he ended up giving Michelangelo his greatest piece of art he ever did. So isn't it funny how when someone tries to discard you, it's actually leading you right into the greatest purpose God has for your life? Isn't that good to know that? That's a freebie. I'm just throwing that one out. But you know what he did? He sculpted. Did you know that he sculpted? He, he started 45 uh, different sculptings. He only finished 14 of them. Did you know that? Let me show you a few he finished. You may, you may know one or two of these. Here's one right here. Uh, this is David. This is the part we can show you of David, by the way. But, you know, he sculpted all of David. So anyways, but yeah. Uh, so there's a, a shot of David there. Let me show you another one. This is really cool. This is called the Pieta. I've been to both of these. They're really beautiful. That's Mary holding Christ after he gave his life. Isn't that a beautiful sculpting? It's amazing that he was sculpted out of a piece of marble. It's incredible that, that they could do that. But let me show you some of the ones he didn't finish. There's actually a, a museum of some of the, the art he never finished. So let me show you that. Let's, let's see, look at that. There's one that didn't, didn't quite get finished, right? And so let me show you another one here. So there's one that didn't get finished either. So you see part of the body, but it's not complete. And then one more. Yeah, that's Moses right there. We don't have all of Moses there. It's not quite finished. Let me ask you a question. Could it be right now that you're not finished? Could it be that the difficulty you're facing right now is actually God using that to sculpt you? 
Because the way you actually get sculpted is what happens is God has to chip away at you. And when he chips away at you all the parts you don't need, what ends up happening is you become God's masterpiece. So God is chipping away at you right now, and you have to persevere because you know what? It's not one big hit that fixes everything. It's lots of little chisels. It's lots of little bumps. It's daily, 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 hitting and hitting and hitting and chipping and chipping and chipping until he gets you to where you look just like his son. That's what God's doing in you right now. Persevere. Persevere. Stay faithful. God has a plan for your life. Don't run from your fight. Finish what you started. Think about the perseverance it took for the snail to get to the ark. Can you imagine the perseverance, right? God has a plan for you. He, he wants you to go the distance. Look at the Ephesians 4. This is important when you're going through something. Remember this verse. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Is there someone you need to forgive right now? Oh, you think you can become like Christ and, and be angry? No, it doesn't work like that. You know, this verse never says, unless you're going through something, then it's okay. Unless they were really a jerk to you, then you can show malice and anger and slander all you want. Unless they talked about you, then of course you can talk about them. It doesn't say that. Have you noticed that? <laughs> you know, it's one of the most painful things in my career. I'm not gonna lie to you. The last 20 years of being in the same church, one of the most painful parts of my career in this town is that when people leave the church upset, they can talk about me, but I don't talk back. So they hear all one side and don't hear the other. But you know what I've learned? Is that God credits that to my account and he's blessed this ministry because I've chosen to close my mouth. If you'll do the same, you say, but you don't know what my kids are hearing from my ex. No, I don't, but you don't know what God's speaking to your kids. You need to trust that. You need to trust that. You need to trust that God knows what he's doing. God has a plan. He is aware of what other people are saying and he is aware of what you're choosing not to say. God sees that. Don't be angry. Don't show malice. Don't show resentment. What does this mean for you and me? It means we need to get better and not bitter. Would you write that down? We need to get better and not bitter. It's easy to get bitter, isn't it? It's easy to be angry. It's easy to be offended. But I wanna challenge you to be really hard to offend. Make a decision. Say, you will not be able to offend me. I'm gonna choose to have the right heart, the right attitude. We have to stay soft on the inside towards God and towards others when we go through difficulties. If we can learn to do that, we will become better rather than, than becoming bitter. One of the most tragic events that ever happened during the Reagan presidency was a terrorist bombing that happened in Beirut to the Marine barracks. Some of you guys remember this. I was just talking backstage, one of our production guys, and he said, my father was on duty that night. It's like, you're kidding me. Just confirming the whole story that I'm about to share. He told me more details I didn't even know, actually. It was incredible. But then the bombing, Hundreds of Marines died instantly. Many more were hurt and wounded. And so they were, they were pulling the rubble off of these Marines. To, I mean, they, were just, they just went to bed that night. Many of them never woke up. One particular Marine, that, that they, flew all the, they medevaced all the Marines out they could, trying to save their lives, and got them to Frankfurt to one of our military hospitals there. A couple of days later, the, the, uh, commandant, uh, the, the commandant of uh, the Marines uh, went to see his soldiers. And uh, he wanted to walk through just to encourage them. And he walked in one particular room, and it was Corporal Jeffrey Lee Nashton's room. When he walked in, uh, the corporal had, I mean, just, he was so, he was so messed up. He, they, they say he hardly looked human, honestly. He had tubes coming out of him everywhere. His eyes he couldn't see because there was cement fragments that had flown into his eyes, blinding him. 
I mean, he just, he was hardly alive. And as, as, he, as the commandant walked in to meet him, he announced who he was, and uh, he couldn't see, so he put his hand up, and they guided his hand to the stars on the commandant's uh, uniform, and when he felt them, he realized who he, was, who he was dealing with, who he was talking to. He immediately began to shake his hand. They gave him a, a pen and a piece of paper, and he wrote on it something to give the commandant, and he gave it to him. It said, Semper Fi. Semper, Semper Fi means always faithful. Will you be faithful to your values when you're blown up? Will you be faithful to what you believe in when everything else falls apart? Will we stay faithful to our God, to our family, to our faith, to our church, to our community when things aren't going our way? Because that's what faithfulness requires. Perseverance is only needed when everything goes wrong. We have to make a decision to be people that are believers in Christ when everything is falling apart. We have to make a decision. We have to learn that decision, the decision we make is made before the hard times hit. You pre-made that decision, I'm in this marriage. You pre-made that decision, this is where I work. This is where I go to church. This is my family. You gotta pre-make that decision on the front end so when things go wrong, you've already made the decision. Now you're just gonna be faithful to it. We have to learn to persevere. Decide to become better, not bitter. Last thing I wanna share with you, look at this verse. 2 Thessalonians 1. It says, we ought to thank God always for you. He's talking to the church. But listen to the church he's talking to. Paul is writing this letter and he says, I wanna to talk to Thessalonica. He says, I wanna tell you something I've noticed about you. He's talking to the whole church. Check it out. He says, brothers and sisters, and rightly so. He says, we thank God for you, rightly so, because your faith flourishes more and more in the love of each one of you all for one another is ever greater. As a result, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in all the persecution and afflictions you are enduring. He says, I don't know how you've done it, but somehow you're more loving towards God and towards each other with all the crap going on in your life. That's what he basically says. He says, I don't know how you pulled it off, but we're bragging on you because it's impressive the fact that you still love God and that you still love each other when everyone is picking on you, when everything's going wrong in your life, when people are being jerks to you, when you were treated unfairly, when you were given the raw deal, and somehow you have stayed faithful to God anyways. So I'm bragging on you. That's what Paul says here. These people made the Bible. I didn't make the Bible, how about you? They made the written word of God because of their faithfulness in the middle of a difficult situation. What does that mean for you and me today? Would you write this down? When you persevere, your influence is greater. When you persevere, your influence is greater. This last week on television, something remarkable happened on a reality show. It was a, one of these game shows, and, and a very, very powerful moment happened when a young man who has all kinds of challenges chose to use his gifts even in the midst of his challenges. Please check this out. Cody is blind and autistic. Oh. Wow. We found out that he loved music really early on. It actually has saved his life playing music. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. So what are you gonna do here for us today? I'm gonna sing a song for you on the piano. in my life and time I've sung a lot of songs and 
I made some bad rhymes. I've acted on my life in stages. 10,000 people watching, yeah. We're alone now, and I'm singing a song to to give your kids the moon, the stars, and the rainbows. And tonight, I'm gonna give you something special. On every mountain, in every ocean, just to be with you, and fix what I I need you to see. You know, when you choose to use your gifts with great challenges, God does great things, doesn't he? Yeah. When you choose in the face of a challenge that most people would quit, most people would say, what can I possibly do? They would lean on their excuses. When you choose to say, God gave me a gift, God gave me an ability, and I'm gonna use it to honor him, and I'm gonna inspire the people through it, it gives you great influence. This may surprise you, but the greatest sermon you'll ever preach is the difficulty you're going through right now. The pain you're in right now, when you say, God, I will honor you, I will lift my hand to you, regardless of what's happening in my life, I will honor you. When you make a decision to do that, great, great things happen. But you know what, actually, you know this is one thing you can't do in heaven, did you know that? <laughs> There's a few things in the Bible that you just can't do in heaven. One of the things that you can't do in heaven is you can't witness, that's done. You realize that? This is why we're always trying to say, take as many people to heaven as we can. There's another thing you can't do in heaven. You can't persevere. You know why? There's no difficulties there. There's nothing to persevere through. There's no painful experiences anymore. And so if you're gonna persevere, if you're gonna endure, if you're gonna show patience and faithfulness in the middle of difficulties, if you're gonna do that, you're gonna have to use that as an act of worship right now while you're still on this earth. And so it is an act of worship. And you say, God, I'm going through a mess, but I'll be faithful. Lord, they left me, but I will honor you. God, I was treated wrong, but I will stay faithful to you. I will persevere through my cancer. I will persevere through my health issues. I will persevere through my family issues. I will persevere through this treatment center. I will persevere through this miscarriage. I will persevere through my pain. I will persevere through this. I will not quit. I will not give up. Someone needs to get this in their spirit right now that you are not done. God is not finished with you. Don't quit. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your truth. Thank you, God, you've given us all gifts and abilities. And Lord, in the face of our pain, in the face of our difficulties, may we not quit. May we use what you gave us. May we honor you with our lives. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer. It's not complicated, it's not supposed to be. It's simple faith. Pray this prayer with me. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid the price for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. 
with your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just pray that prayer, Christ has come in your life. But maybe today your prayer is to say, Pastor, honestly, I'm at my wit's end. I'm just, I'm worn out. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired. I don't have a lot left. Then maybe today's message was for you. If it was for you, would you just lift your hand high to God and say, God, I'm not gonna quit on you. You haven't quit on me. I'm gonna stay faithful, Lord, keep my torch lit. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that every time we come to your house, you fill us. We thank you for that, God. Thank you, Lord, that we can be a faithful people. Even in the face of difficulties, we consider it a gift. We consider it pure joy when we go through trials because we will persevere. In Jesus' name we pray.